Blog Talk Radio. If it's smooth jazz, then the Jazz Queen is talking about it on Talking Smooth Jazz. Your place for all things smooth. Artist Nicholas Cole. Vincent Ingala. Jonathan Fritzen. And news with the smoothest show on the internet radio, your host, the Jazz Queen. And Mike Reynolds, hello, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Thank you for tuning in. Mike, how are you? Doing great, sir. Doing great tonight. All right. If you would like to join us in the chat room, please go to TalkingSmoothJazz.com and click on David Pitt Conley's picture. That will bring you into the chat room. The phone number is 646-716-5485. 646-716-5485. This evening we are joined by flutist David Pitt Conley. He is the founder of the R&B group Surface, and he has released his first solo project called Bird of Paradise. Pick, welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Oh, great being here. How are you? Uh, we're doing good, doing good. And yeah. I have a phone hey, call. Hey, how you doing, Mike? Doing great, brother. Doing great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm All right, I got these people this cool weather. What about you? Where you at? I'm in Jersey right now. I just landed today. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, let me take this phone call. Area code 303. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Uh-huh. Yes. Hi. What's your name? Oh. <laughs> Flora. 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 Hi, Flora. Welcome to the show. Hey. Uh-huh. You know Flora Pick? Uh, I live with her. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hey, Flo. Hey, baby. That's my lovely girlfriend. Oh, well, and, welcome, uh, Did you call in to comment, or did you call in to listen, sweetie? I called in to listen to the show. Okay. Okay, you hit the wrong button. No, oh. she's fine. No, no, Flora, okay. you're fine. Um, okay. What I'm going to do is put you on mute, and um, I'll come back to you maybe mid-show to, be, to see if you have any comments or questions, okay? All right. All right. Thanks for calling in, though. Don't hang up now. You're welcome. Okay, I will. Okay. <laughs> I got support. I got much. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Okay, so uh, we were introduced um, with with Pick by Pick through Cheryl and Martin Bloxen. Martin has written several songs on Pick's CD, and so I'm going to play uh, at least one of those. And I was playing one of the songs before we came on. Mike, it's called "Bounce with Me." Oh, wait till you hear it. With the flute, wait till you hear this one. It is hot, 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 hot. So, uh, Pick, let's start with um, your back. A little bit about your background. Tell us how you got started um, playing the flute. Oh boy, oh boy, we going back that far, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> I guess we got to start somewhere. Actually, the flute I actually started playing after I graduated high school. When I actually bought a flute from one of my high school buddies, Mark Conway, he was selling the flute for $10. And it looked so beautiful and sparkly. Never played anything like that before. But I looked at it and I said, I can make $25 off this flute easy. So I took it home, 
gave him the 10 bucks, took it home, went into my basement and looked at it again. It looked so pretty. I started putting it together, figured out how to put it together and then put my hands on it some kind of way. And I moved my hands around until it felt like, wow, this is where they belong because it just felt perfect. I said, this finger goes here, this finger goes here, this finger goes here, and I felt like that. I knew you blow it like you blow in a bottle top. So I started playing the flute the same day I had got the flute. Well, I didn't sell it for $25. I held on to it, and I ended up playing it like that same day. It was kind of astonishing to me as well. And then when I was on my way upstairs, my mother said, hey, I didn't know you played flute. I said, Mom, I didn't know either. (laughs) So that was the beginning of my flute playing days. And uh, and it was the beginning of my whole musical journey. And it started out with the flute and, you know, through all my friends and, and, uh, and my street teachers, my grassroots teachers, I learned piano, or at the time it was piano, uh, keyboards and drum machines, how to program them. And eventually, after meeting Bernard, uh, actually we wrote stuff before Bernard, but really once we got with Bernard, that's when I really understood you know, that uh, the voice and lyrics are very important to this music, so that mm-hmm. opened up that world. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sorry, Bernard Jackson, he's the uh, lead singer of Surface. Let's just tell you all guys, in case you all don't know. All right. Um, we have another phone call, area code 757. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Hi. Hello. That's, that sounds like my boy. Well, is, this Ma- is this Martin? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Hello, Martin. How are you? <laughs> Don't be shy. Right. To speak up. Why are you trying to be incognito or something? <laughs> Don't be shy. To the, speak up. Oh, uh, you know I'm not shy. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, did you call? Were you just listening, or did you have a question or a comment? I talk to this man every day, <laughs> and he's not lying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I understand, yeah, Mark, kind of you contributed yeah. quite a bit to this CD. Uh, a little bit, Tinker and Tinker. Yeah. Uh-huh, okay. Well, a little bit. He, he he might have ended up with three songs on the record, but the whole concept in the beginning of the record was definitely engineered and, and, and pushed on by, by Martin. He's the one that really got me into it and got me started on the way with this record, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, he's a little bit more than he's... You know, trying to put up to be right now, but mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you there. Okay, Mr. Martin. Right? Um, so, Martin, are you going to hang on the line um, while we, you know, finish with the interview? Yeah, I'm going to hang out for a minute. All right. So, David, I read that you were um, uh, that you were self-taught on the flute. How long did it take you? Well, just playing the flute, it took me just that moment when I got it. Uh, but as far as really getting into it, um, I learned all the wrong way when I was first self-taught. You know, there's certain fingerings that you're supposed to use, and I was defying it all because I didn't really have a teacher. And then one of the guys that I eventually met, Joaquin, actually his name was not Joaquin at the time, um, Joaquin, uh, but he taught me how to use upper, upper uh, fingering. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I'm like, I'm not going to use this fingering. It's too hard. And he said, no, the pitch has to be right. This is the fingering. This is how you're supposed to play this flute. Learn it. And then, so I did. So okay. self-taught is one thing when you sit down and you really self-teach yourself. But at the, at the same time, 
I had a lot of help. I listened to records. I found people. I looked around for every flute player I could find on records. Back in the day, we used to learn songs by just putting the record on and slowing them down and stopping it and doing all kinds of stuff to just kind of learn it. So there was a lot of teaching at the house, of course, but, you know, there's been a lot of teachers along the way that I that I had met, and they showed me things, and, and I took them and, and continued from what, I, from what I had originally and then added on to it, just augmented my sound. Okay. I'm still augmenting my sound. I'm still, I'm still learning, and you know, it's it's a lifelong thing, and it's a passion. So I can't leave it alone. Everybody says you still doing music, huh? What kind of question is that to ask me? <laughs> yes, I'm still doing music. <laughs> oh, all right. Now you um, are a founding member of the group Surface, and. Mm-hmm. You eventually released this solo project, Bird of Paradise. But tell us a little bit about Surface. Um, I remember the group well. And I also remember, vaguely remember the group Port Authority. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's start from Port Authority, because Port Authority was like the band that I was playing in here in Jersey when we started out. And, and uh, coincidentally, one of the members of that band was really what made me want to be in that band. His name is David Townsend, ended up to be one of the members of Surface. So we came together really in a band called Port Authority. And his father is Ed Townsend, who passed away, so I say is, but his his father is Ed Townsend, who wrote Let's Get It On for Marvin Gaye. Mm-hmm. And he kept telling us, oh, my father's going to help us out. He's going to help us. He's going to just come on out to California and we do it. You know, So eventually... Port Authority did go out to California, and eventually we did get with his father, and we got our first record deal through Ed Townsend on 20th Century Records. Well, that record never came out. Um, it was just maybe it was a tax write-off. We really don't know the the, 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 the workings from behind the scene. We thought we were good. Maybe we was a little bit too cocky and needed to sit down and just kind of learn some more before we really came out. But we, because I remember back in that day, you know, when you when you could play, you kind of egoed up a little bit and you thought you was a little bit better than somebody else. That's the way I thought. And I kind of humbled it. I ate a couple of pieces of humble pie and then found out that, you know, there's more to this music than what you're doing, son. Sit back and learn it and then come back and do it the right way. And that's what we did. So David Townsend, he's been with me, like, from the very beginning of my band days. And we eventually became service. So... Port Authority was was uh, a big part of my my uh, beginning history. I played saxophone, okay. baritone, baritone, and alto sax at the time because the flute wasn't an instrument that really was was featured a lot in bands. So in order for me to work, I had to pick up the sax. So mm. I did pick up the sax. I did pick up baritone sax first when I went to college. I actually played baritone sax. I'm only five one, and at the time, 110 pounds. Played this big old horn. But I noticed that that was the charm. It was something that people said, hey, look at that guy. Look at him. So I was getting attention by playing this super big horn. And the hats that we wore, the uniform was like really, really tall. And, you know, we bent down with the horn. The horn went up in the air in the back and the hat went down. It was like a cool look. So I started to understand that there was something to performing and how you attract people. So this, this is one of my first things that I noticed, that you can attract people by being short. And doing a good job of what you do, you know. So that was the beginning, and then and then eventually, you know, I I managed to sneak the flute in with surface, you know, because uh, that is my favorite instrument. I, I I play sax, but I never really got to the point where on my sax playing I was ever anywhere close to my flute playing. Okay. Wow. Now and then you also had a short stint with Mandrell too. So uh, 
You, oh, wait a minute. You, you are part of some R&B history, brother. You wait know, a minute. Wait a minute. Porter and Mandrell. <laughs> Come on now. Let me tell you something. With, with Mandrill, that was more than just me playing with him. See, when we was in Port Authority, one of the bands that we played, we played Top 40. It was Earth, Wind & Fire. It was Commodores. It was Rare Earth. It was Mandrill. But with Mandrill, it was a little bit closer to me because as I was coming up and playing the flute, I noticed they had a flute player in the group called Carlos Wilson, one of the Wilson brothers of the group. His flute sounded so beautiful to me that I actually, my style is really based off of Carlos Wilson. He was the one that I learned everything I could find, every record. So eventually when we moved out to California, when we got that deal with 20th Century and didn't record, we broke up and and lost the deal. We was walking around the streets with no money, no tifuses, no nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an opportunity to meet the guys. But see, back then, when you were a fan and you really loved the group and stuff like that, you knew everything about the group. I knew every That's guy, right. everything that they did, every every song they played, every you just knew them. So when I finally uh, met the guys, I looked and I said, oh, wow, Carlos, Lou. He's like, who is this guy? What's up, Lou? Coffee. I knew everybody by the name, what they played, all this kind of stuff. So it seemed like I was one of their brothers from the beginning. Mm. And then with Carlos, I, I just loved him so much. I said, Carlos, I said, you know, I, I played a flute because they were looking for a sax player. I said, Carlos, you know, I play flute. He said, let me hear something. So I played one of his songs called Cohalo, note for note. And he looked at me like, do it again. And I did it again, note for note, but this time, I, I recorded a version that he played at Rack, uh, Randall's Island. I think it was Randall's Island in New York. I went to see him out in the Southside concert. And I taped that concert, and I went back home and learned it the way he did it live. And I played it this time. The ending was slightly different. And when I played that live version, because he hit a note that was a little bit above high C, it hit, it hit D. When I did that, he just literally said, oh, my God, where did mm. this cat come from? He's me. And I was. I was him. So uh, that was the that was the really really part of the uh, being with Mandrill that just really just not only astonished me, but it just made me feel so good, made me feel like I was really doing something because I actually ended up in a group that I pretty much praised, uh, you know, all through my uh, musical career. So I, did, I stayed with them for like two years, I think seventy seven seventy seven to seventy nine, and they were the first group that took me on Soul Train. I was on Soul Train with Mandrill. Oh. And uh, that was exciting, you know, being on TV with Don Cornelius and stuff, you know, being a kid, you know, hey, what's up, y'all, what TV? You know, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> and now, I, did, uh, I did a record with him as well. What what kind of behind-the-scenes secrets can you tell us about Soul Train? A lot of girls. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. think that's a secret, bro. No. That ain't a secret. We all know that. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> No, that is I would, I would want to tell you some stories, but I mean, you know, I don't know if that's the coolest thing to do because you know <laughs> we were young and having fun and and yeah. look at all the girls. Okay, yeah. I, I think we can I visualize. Was, we we can visualize the face. <laughs> I mean, Dude, you know, I don't know if it was. Uh huh. Go ahead. I don't know if it was all the groups that went on there, but you know, you go on there. You got some of the most beautiful women and around. Pretty much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a little bit spelled down, you know. But we we, we worked it out. We worked it out. Yeah. But of course, you wanted to talk to the girls and hang around, and you know, then go back home and look at them. See, see, that one right there. That one what? Okay, you figure it out. 
Oh, that's too funny. Okay. <laughs> All right. So then eventually you released um, Bird of Paradise. You did your solo project, Bird of Paradise. And um, oh, yeah. you have some really, um, in addition to Martin, some heavy hitters on this CD. So to tell me about those that are playing with you on here. Well, we'll start with Bird of Paradise, the title track. I had Ronnie Jordan, who was a pretty pretty awesome guitarist in the smooth jazz world. He played the guitar on there, as well as up-and-coming uh, trumpeter named, I think they call them trumpeters, excuse me, uh, James Gibbs. He played the trumpet solo as well as played the melody with me. Uh, we had uh, Romeo Williams on bass. No, 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 no. Uh, did he play the bass? Uh, yes, he, yes, he did. No, no, I'm sorry. Jay played the bass. Romeo Williams is uh, Elton John's bass player. He played on another song. Um, so that was it for Bird of Paradise. But the big uh, hero in that album is another one of my flute player uh, heroes. His name is Hubert Laws. To me, he's probably one of the most fantastic flautists in the entire world. And always has been. Now, he's one of my influences, yes, but I never could really reach his plateau, you know, as far as his playing and stuff like that. He's just too amazing. But there's a few cats like that on the, in this world, you know, him, Stevie Wonder, you know, Prince, some of these cats that are just, like, totally ridiculous with what they do. I'm not that guy. But, you know, I have something to say in my music, and I, I play it like I want to say something, and, and I'm, I'm happy with that. I don't have to be the most fantastic player in the world. But uh, Hubert Laws was on there along with Nelson Rangel, another great flautist, and we did a trio on Secret Garden. We had Paul Mm -hmm. Jackson Jr. playing guitar on that track, and that's the track that had Romeo Williams, who was a bass player for Elton John, along with Barry White. Uh, Secret Garden, who else did we have on there that was big, big, big? Um, Some of the other uh, songs on the record, we had a fantastic saxophonist, who didn't play sax on the record at all, but he co-wrote and played on, the, on a bunch of my songs. His name is Martin Bloxon, which you guys know him from uh, the smooth jazz world. Oh, yeah. Uh, we had, um, of course, David Townsend, uh, one of the members of Surface, did a track, uh, Red Flowers in Bloom. Bernard Jackson, the lead vocalist of, of uh, Surface, was singing background on Secret Garden. Uh, let me see, Levi Little. I chose him to, well, I wanted to do Happy Over Again on my uh, album, a sort of a smooth jazz way. So I, I chose Levi Little to sing it, and I thought he did a just wonderful job. It's, it's not the same as uh, the original, of course. The original had a certain amount of magic with it, and, of course, Bernard's voice. But I still enjoyed hearing Levi's beautiful voice across that song. Um, mm, okay. Off the top of my head, those are some of the, some of the, the, the giants on the record. Okay. Now, now, when you were in the process of making this CD, did you have these gentlemen in mind that you wanted on the CD, or how did it how did it come about that you picked each one to be on certain songs? Well, I had a, a, a long conversation with one of, one of the other uh, one of the other great giants of the record. His name is Joshua Thompson. He also wrote uh, Joe Thomas, all the things your man won't do, and a whole bunch of songs, Lisa Keys, and everything. Anyway, he's one of my best friends. That I grew up with And he said You know If you're going to do this record you got to bring in some stars So Who are you going to pick So we started thinking about Regina Bell of course Because she sang on Surface Records Which I never got And uh, And he pushed me to go to The biggest push was You better find out How to get Hubert Lawless On your record How do you think You're going to do a record Without I'm like Hubert Lawless How am I going to get Hubert Lawless Coincidentally My ex-girlfriend And him Are very good friends so I called her up, 
I says, Kathy, I want Hubert Laws on my record. Can you get him? I'll be here for you. It took about three months. I bugged her almost every day for three months. When are you going to get Hubert's number? When are you going to get? Finally, she got him. And finally, I talked to him. And now, we're super good friends. <laughs> we, oh. we talk a lot, you know what I mean? And just talking to him makes me better on the flute because he tells me different things about the flute and, and all kinds of stuff, you know. Uh, so, Kathy introduced me to Hubert. So, Hubert came in. And, of course, he came in not being a friend, so, of course, I had to dig deep in my pocket. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no regrets, no regrets at all, you know, because how do you pay for something like that? How do you pay for your, your hero to be on your record, and then you guys end up to be friends and hanging out together, being over his house, talking together on the phone. Every time I go out to L.A., I try to catch up with him, you know what I mean? And it's just, there's no there's no words for that. Mm. Okay. Well, I have a couple of favorites on the the CD, Bird of Paradise. I'm going to start with Bounce With Me. But before I play it, I just... I wanted to go back to Floor, make sure she's okay, if she has any questions or a comment before I play the song. Flora? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Did you have any questions or a comment before I play this song? Well, I was there with him when he recorded it, and... um... Uh, he, he was very upbeat, so that's what I really liked about it because I like to dance. So it's a very good upbeat song, and uh, I just want him to keep up the good work. Okay. All yeah. right. All right. So tell me about Bounce With Me. Bounce With Me was an original song by a young lady named Kathy Dittis, who was also a fantastic writer. She wrote songs for Britney Spears and a host of so many other people. The original song was Dance With Me. And as you notice on a lot of songs today, we take some of the old songs and we rewrite them a little bit and kind of use some of the spots that, that are just like stick out and don't need to be changed at all and kind of made a new song out of it. But I have to still give it back to Kathy because she was definitely the original who wrote that song. It was called Dance With Me. And instead of Dance With Me, I said Bounce With Me because, you know, I'm that guy that like to do a lot of bouncing. <laughs> And there it went, you know. <laughs> All right. This is so nice. I like this song a lot. Love it a lot. I do this too. is Bounce With Me from Pix CD by Bird in Paradise.
I like that. That was bouncing. All right. That is so from Pink's new CD, A Bird of Paradise. That is hot. That is a hot song. You know right what? There. That's an old 80s song. Right? You remember Thank that, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yes. 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 I'm saying, Groove, like, I heard this song before. But yes, it was, definitely. Yeah, it was Dance With Me. Love that. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. That was from David Pitt Conley's CD, A Bird of Paradise. That is available now on Amazon. You can pick that up. Um, and on his website, davidpittconley.com. Oh, that is one hey, hot hey. song right there. Love that. Hey, t- Love and Terry, that. Uh, the, name, the name of the CD is actually called Bird of Paradise. Okay, Bird Although of Paradise. I do, I do like the way you were saying it. It was very colorful, A Bird of Paradise. That sounded really pretty. Well, thank you for had the I heard correction. That, had I heard that before I, I did it, I would have said, hey, guess what? It's called A Bird of Paradise. So you missed your, missed your shout out. Name of my album. <laughs> Bird of Paradise. Got it. Now, um, Pick, you, you are legally blind. What type of technology do you use, um, you know, to make your music? Or do you- well, it's, it has uh, moved on since we started, actually. I could see pretty decent when we actually started. But as okay. we moved on into the computer world, there's some programs that they started developing for blind people. The first one was, of course, a talking program because you need that to do everything. And it's called JAWS. And what that does is when you turn the computer on, it starts talking to you. And everywhere you move the cursor or not everything, but most things that are ASCII-driven, which is the sort of a computer language, it speaks to you, and it tells you what it is. So that's the first thing it did. The second thing in the computer was a company called Cakewalk, and they did Sonar. Sonar was a uh, sonar uh, company called Cake Talk went inside Sonar and made scripts so that everything that you do inside of Sonar, not every single thing, but quite a bit you could do as a blind person. But when I have people like Martin Bloxton around, he kind of picked up the the slack on stuff that it did not open up, certain things it does not open up. So okay. I still needed sighted people uh, to do mixes and to do certain things, find certain sounds that uh, the jaws wasn't able to open up. But definitely if anybody has any visual problems of any kind, whether it's legally blind or totally blind, this software, if they want to do some music, is very, very awesome. It's uh, uh, Sonar. As Cakewalk Sonar is the actual program that, Actually, you can make music inside of. And JAWS is a program uh, by Freedom Scientific, which is the talking software, which actually talks. So with those two, I I was able to get around quite a bit on it. Because I've always did programming stuff from back in the service days. And and always did, uh, like even back then when we had non, uh, um, uh, the keyboards that, that you had to turn knobs. So back then I had to actually like write down all the little knobs that I changed, and I did them by clocks. If the knob turned and it went to like a 1 o'clock, I would put 1 o'clock on that knob. And for a long time I would do that and just kind of document my sounds like that. But later on it just programs up. And once you get a sound in there, you can just dial it right up, bam, hit a button, and now it comes right up. Before it was a little bit different. So there was some evolution involved with the, with, uh, with the visual problems and, and the solutions. But I say right now they're pretty good. I'm, I'm okay. getting, you know. Pretty awesome with it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, now, now I wanted to real fast. I wanted to go back to that track. That was a hot track, and I'm sitting here thinking. I'm like, you know, me and Terry, we've interviewed a lot of uh, uh, artists from you know that genre of uh, with that era of time in the '80s, like Howard Hewitt, 
Shantae Moore and people like that, but how do you feel about the the evolution of the R&B scene as it is now from where you came from? Because back then it was more original stuff and you know, the songs were more about, you know, love. and just It was just a, a more pure time back then in the 80s and the early 90s was as far craft where it is now. But how do you feel about the the evolution of the way that the R&B scene has changed so much? It certainly has changed. But, you know, evolution in music has been going on the whole time, so you can't stop that. What's happening now is still R&B. It's still original. It's still original stuff. You know, it's not like it's, it's pulled out of a box and you have a song. But I like some of it and some I don't like. Almost like even before when I was coming up, uh, there was groups even in my genre and, and that songs that I liked and I didn't like. But the um, the songs back in the day when I came from, I think we probably had more really original singers back then. Mm-hmm. Musicians kind of always been like really awesome, even today. There's so many awesome musicians right now, just like before. There's some awesome musicians out here, dude. But the, the singers, I think, is the biggest difference because you have your Beyonce's, you have your... Uh, your big singers, you know, your Lady Gaga, who I think could sing. I, don't, I think she's pretty daggone good. You know, that might not be the reason why she's making it, but she has a good voice. But you have some good singers out here, but it seemed like you couldn't even make it back then unless you could sing your ass off, period. That's End of right. story. That's right. Period. Mm-hmm. you got to come in. But see, back then, the record companies came in. Like if Aretha Franklin came in to a record company, she was so good, but they would find songs for her. They would develop her. They would take her and say, okay, we want you to get with this producer, that producer, this writer. And the Motown, of course, you know the stories where they, they would sit down with their teams of writers, and they would develop these fantastic artists. Today, the development is done by people like myself, Martin, Josh Thompson, Joe, all the people that have done their things, they develop the artists now. The record companies, they don't develop artists like they used to anymore. They don't have time. They don't want to. It's too expensive. Mm -hmm. And and you know how many... Turn the TV on, American Idol. Turn the TV on, America's Got Talent. Turn the TV on, duets, voice, how many great singers are you singing through there? You got to have more than a voice. Yeah. To me, if you want to ask about that time period and what I learned about that time period that still exists today, without a song, a hit song, you really don't have an artist. An artist can be mm-hmm. great as heck, but can be singing all the wrong songs and never nobody will even recognize that they're great. Wow. So, to me. You know, coming from a song, you know, I had to develop into a song world. I didn't start from a song world. I started from a musician's world. I developed into a song world through my my partners along the way, which Bernard was the first one. Because, Well, actually, even not the first singer in Surface, her name was Karen Copeland. We did three records with her first. And then after me and her broke up, then we, we, we uh, brought Bernard in. But with Karen, we had to spoon feed her all the lyrics, all the ad-libs, all the melodies, but the thing that she had was a great voice. So we took her and developed her as being the first vocalist in Surface. Bernard came in, he already had his sound already, so we just had to kind of just move it into our sound, ours being myself and Dave Townsend, because we started making this music, and we were looking for somebody like a Bernard after Karen. So when we finally found him, it became like a more of a song world for us. But today... Songs are very different. And and going back to one other point about the yesterday and today, 
the songs are really talking about what's going on in the world that moment. So if you hear a lot of sex, a lot of drugs, a lot of party, a lot of everything, it's because it's what's going on right now. It's, it's no secret. That back in the day, there was a lot of love in the air. I got to admit it. We wouldn't have made it if there wasn't a lot of love in the air. You know, there was uh, there was uh, some changes going on, but with the artists and the move, we had moved through disco and funk and then into this new R&B in the 80s, and then it kind of changed into something else as we moved into the 90s and, 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 the, and, the, and the new millennium. But it still represented what was going on in that time period. Back in the war days, mm-hmm. you was hearing songs like, you know, We Shall Overcome or whatever. You know, who yeah. knows? But, you know, but they, they depicted what was going on. So what's now, going on out here right now is exactly what you're hearing in the songs. What you hear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, Go on Martin. the streets. It's <laughs> I wanted to talk to you about a song that you did um, called Space Bone, and I was telling Pick that I, first of all, I like the name Space Bone for some reason. Uh, I don't know why, but I like that name. <laughs> I'm going to leave that part alone. I'm going to let him explain that one. But, oh, okay. Uh, no, you explain it. No, you, Martin. <laughs> I'm not taking a hit on that one. No. It had nothing to do with any of the names. See, see you know what happened me and Martin both still have a little bit of next door neighbor type type attitudes where we don't want to come all the way out and tell you how slutty and dirty we really are. But in that hey, song, well, the title alone, hey, there you go again. Hey, hey, is, hey. is this an R rated title? Is that what it is? An R rated title? I, I don't know. I don't live like that. Uh, no, okay. All right, all right. I'm going to leave it alone then. See? He leaves me out in the desert by myself. Uh, okay. Martin, tell me about Space Bone. Um, it, it all started. Um, I was um, at, at at the time. Um, he he had just uh, set up his system, so it was kind of computer music. At the, even at that time, was a little new to me. Um, I actually uh, I, um, just kind of started tinkering around with the toys and the, the sounds, and and there were some some interesting uh, patches that that were were in the computer, and uh, that's kind of how it got started. It, got, it started with real spacey sounds, and, you know, it just kind of took a turn of, you know, a, a direction of its own. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a real interesting piece. You know, but it's okay. very spacey. Well, yes, it is, and I'm going to play that He next. made it sound so nice. He made it sound so nice. There was no okay. trouble behind it or nothing, huh, Martin? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, this is Space Bone. <laughs> Thank you. 
is the name of that song <laughs> from Pete Conley's CD, Bird of Paradise. All right, they, uh, Martin, you still won't tell me the meet, the, the story behind this, the title, but that's okay. I'll get it one well, way or another. <laughs> if you if you notice, there's a uh, there's a big flute in there called the alto flute. Uh huh. I I consider him the dude. And then the concert flute was the other higher pitch flute, and I consider him okay. the woman. Ah. And so they did a little they did a little space dance. Got it. Who knows how Who knows how it ended up in space? Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, Martin might could tell you that. Okay. Hence the name Space Dance. <laughs> okay. Got it. Got it. All right. Where so Pippin, we've interviewed um, keyboardist Brian Simpson a couple of times, and oh, I yes. know that he wrote a song for Surface. Tell us he about that. He, he wrote our biggest song. He wrote the music for our biggest song, number one pop, number one adult contemporary, and number one at the R&B. Believe it or not, that's our biggest song, although people more focus in on Happy and uh, Show Me What You Love because it seemed like they, you know, passed the, uh, the time barrier because it's still being played mm-hmm. on the radio now. But Brian Simpson was a good friend of Bernard Jackson's, and they got together and wrote that particular song together. And then Brian Simpson also went on to become a number one smooth jazz artist as well mm-hmm. and put that song mm-hmm. on his record as well. So, yes, he is definitely one of the celebrated members of the of the surface uh, behind the scenes band. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome player. Okay, okay. Um, you have released a new single called "Step in the Name of Love," and I'm going to close the show with that. Um, you mean we're finished? Just about. Oh we have God, 16 minutes fun. left. Yeah, we have 16 minutes left, and so. But I do want to get in the song "Red Flowers in Bloom." Tell me about this. Well, that song is very special because um, those who don't know David Townsend, one of the members of Surface, passed away in 2005. And we have a good friend out in Los Angeles. Her name is Sharon Thornton, and she pretty much had a lot of uh, Dave's material because he would always give her stuff. And and she handed me a CD of a bunch of tracks that he was working on at the time. And when I put that song on, first of all, it took me a couple of days to even put the, the CD in. You know, because of the, the nature of my best right. friend being gone. He's literally, you know, I started out with him in 1972, for example, so he was definitely one of the 40 year friends. Yeah. And, uh, and the big, and one of probably my biggest influence in music, because he was the one that actually started us out on the band and all that kind of stuff. But I listened to, finally listened to it, and as soon as I heard it, it seems like, you know, he was in the room with me, and, and I just picked up the flute and literally started playing it and, and mm. didn't even have anything in mind, just kind of played it, and it just came out, and it kept augmenting itself and augmenting itself to that's the way it, it ended up. So it seemed like I didn't have a whole lot to do with the song, and uh, everything kind of came through me, and I really, really felt like he was in the room with me mm. while I was doing that okay. song. So that's okay. that's the magic of that song, and it's just just so beautiful. Like, yeah. I heard it, I said, "Wow, this kind of reminds me of being in Surface." You know what I mean? The music alone kind of gave me that vibe. Of course, we would have did things to it. So it was just the two tracks, so uh, I couldn't do anything with the music other than what it was. So I just kept it exactly like that. And just put the flute on the top. All right, this is Red Flowers in Bloom.
beautiful. That is Red Flowers wow. in Bloom from Pix um, CD Bird of Paradise. Area code 908. Welcome to Talking Smooth Jazz. Thank you. How are you? Good. How are you? What's your name? My name is Eddie Saunders. Eddie Hi, Saunders. Eddie. How are you? How's everybody doing? Good. Yourself? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. I'm just calling in. I to hear, hear this beautiful music that this guy got. Um, it's just awesome. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So how you guys doing tonight? Uh, Pick, do you know Eddie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Ed. Hey, Pick. How you doing? doing I didn't even man. know you Thanks were on for, there. I'm, I just heard for appreciating the music. Yeah, man. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful, man. I um, yeah, I'm um, I'm just feeling the groove. I just want to hear more though. I, I wanted to talk to him a little bit, but I want to hear some more what he got on the album. Uh-huh. So how many songs do you have on the album? Uh, we got what ten or eleven, I think, because I repeated "Bird of Paradise." I did a shorter version of it with radio. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So out of all the songs you have, which one do you think is your best song? Best song I wouldn't favorite? know how to I wouldn't know how to do I wouldn't know how to do that. Um my favorite on this album actually one that makes me feel best is between Red Flowers and Bloom and Spanish Fly actually. They just make me feel good. Okay. I, I it's hard to say your best. I could tell you the, um it's easier for me to tell you what my favorite song of, of uh Surface is because closer than friends. It's kinda easy because I've been through it. So long, okay. I guess in time it's going to change a lot And uh, right now, that's kind of where I stand right now But it changes a lot, I think, with time Right, right, okay, okay. Good, yeah, I love it, I love that And the song that just but went off with know, Persia remember, Yeah, remember Dave Townsend When he had put that track together I wasn't with him Oh, okay and, uh, But he was with me when I actually recorded it In spirit and right. and the reason why I actually I mean the, the name I came up with because my girlfriend's name is Flora Red, so oh. I says well hey you know everything's making me feel good including her so let me throw up in there too red okay. flowers oh. in bloom because we were still newly yeah. getting to know each other. Nice, that's cool. Mm. I know she's very nice. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for calling in, Eddie. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Eddie. you for having me. You're Peace. welcome. All right. You're welcome. Have a nice one. Hey, pick, take care now. Thanks so much, Eddie. All right, keep that music going, bro. Trying to. All right. All right. All right. Thank All right. you. Thank you, Pete. Hey, Terry. Okay. You know, yes, there's, something, there's something that i got to say, because <clears throat> I didn't know we were running out of time, too. Yes, um, yes, six minutes. My son's name is David Connolly as well. If you look on that record, there's a song that me and him did together. He was 12 years old, and I got him a little. He started getting interested in music, so I put a, put together a little small studio for him. And um, and he had this track, and I listened to that track when I went to his room. I'm like, whoa, that kind of reminds me of Donald Byrd and the Blackbirds. So I had snatched it from him. I said, I'm taking this thing. And then I put a song on top of it, and we put uh, – it reminded me of Donald Byrd. So we had a good, good, good trumpet player in, in Virginia where I was living at the time named Dwayne. And I asked him if he'd come in and, and – uh, we do this little Donald Byrd and the Blackbirds type song together, so that's how that came about. But I, meant, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my son was also on the record as well. Okay. All right. Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to close the show with your latest, your newest single, Step in the Name of Love. And um, I want to thank you for joining us. Oh, it's been great. Thanks that's so much, Terry. And, Michael, you too, man. You're awesome, dude. You're awesome too, man. Like I said, you know, because uh, – you know, Surface was, uh, you know, a huge 80s group. You know what I mean? You know, 
I was just, I definitely just threw some surface and like the mandrel and you know like thrash and you know, poor thirst. Yes, me. You know, that just sounds kind of familiar, but I'm I was born in '73, so hey, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> you didn't know nothing about us, okay? <laughs> He's 40 years old. He gotta know. <laughs> we started when you were born. <laughs> Don't try to put that on your age. You're 40 years old. Yes, as of yesterday. You well, well, as of yesterday, wow, you just turned in, huh? Yes, he yeah, did. Well, yeah. I, you know, Michael, I hate that whole idea of, of, of age, but you know what? I, I kind of, you know, when you start digging in the interviews and you find out that I was on TV in 1977 with Mandrill, there's no escaping it. You're old, dude. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, Martin, I'm, thanks I'm for calling in, hanging out with us. Oh, thanks, my Martin. pleasure. All right. Yes, thank you, man. Definitely. All right. Pick, but, thank you. You know, one thing too, before we leave, I, I really love talking to guys like Pick because, you know, a lot of people learn a lot of different uh, uh, um, R&B trivia and things that they didn't know about certain groups and certain people. You know, so uh, that's why we like to ask, you know, go back into the past and talk about things like that. Because, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that you mentioned the night, the night that I did not know. So definitely mm-hmm. glad that we talked to you. So definitely. So keep uh, up the good work and, uh, and stay blessed, brother. Stay blessed. And also, thanks so much, Michael. Also visit my website. and I have still a little bit more trivia that you might not know about me. Uh, on there, my bio, and and uh, I, I certainly enjoy talking about the past because I have worked with so many fabulous, fantastic people. Yeah, it really has. But that's that's a whole story of more more time. We could sit back and talk about all these great artists, we, from Aretha Franklin to George Benson, Isaac Hayes, and on and on. All those cats well, I've worked with. More. You know what? Another question to me because I know turn around time, but has has have, have you guys been approached? About doing a um, uh, what's the one on um, BET they do the uh, un- unsung? Have you guys done yeah, that we, yet? We 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 have been approached, of course, but I think you know Bernard just doesn't want to really do it. You know, okay. I'm not sure why. I never get got a reason. I wouldn't want to do that without him. You know, there's okay. too much history. We both have our own side, uh, even though we live through the same stuff. Believe me, his world. Like for example, if I go up into Connecticut, it's Bernard and them. If you come to Jersey, it's picking them. If you go out to California, it's David, you know what I mean? <laughs> so mm, yeah. that'll tell you that there's a whole world of things that we both live different lives, even though we we intertwine together. You know, and you it, it would it would be worth okay. it to see the whole story, not just my okay. story. But right. I got a story. I got a story. All right. Well, we got a minute or so left, and I want to get this song in. So okay. um, I'm going to, you know, again, thank you, Pick, for joining Thanks, us. Thanks, Terry. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure speaking with you. You too. Awesome. Thank you again, too, Martin. Oh, my pleasure. All right. All right. Uh, Put your stepping shoes on, y'all. Here we go. And Mike Reynolds, and we look forward to talking smooth jazz with you again next time. This is in the step step in the name of love.
Daily Grind.